If you enjoy podcasts like this, you should check out our other shows on Health Podcast Network. For example, Nurse Wellness Podcast, hosted by Wendy Garvin Mayo, focuses on the power of stress management and how it's foundational to being your best, doing your best, and giving your best. There's a wonderful episode that you should check out called Letting Go, where Wendy Garvin Mayo shares six strategies to release control and manage stress effectively. Check out Nurse Wellness Podcast on your favorite podcast platform or visit healthpodcastnetwork.com. It's Dr. Erica here, your Harvard-trained, double-board-certified psychiatrist. This episode is so special to me because we're discussing burnout. I have experienced burnout multiple times myself and have worked and spoken to so many others dealing with it. My guest is the fabulous Dr. Jarrett Patton. He is an author, pediatrician, physician leader, coach, speaker, and the host of the podcast, Licensed to Live. You're not going to want to miss a single moment because everyone is getting pulled in so many directions and feeling that they are pushed past their capacity. Adulting was challenging even before the pandemics, but over a year and a half later, exhaustion is not a stranger to most. This episode will answer these questions. What is burnout and why are we seeing so much of it? What does burnout even look like? And lastly, How do you move past overwhelm and burnout? Whether you are in the midst of burnout, have recovered from burnout, or simply work with or have loved someone that is struggling with burnout, there is something here for you in this episode. You're going to hear some shareable moments in this episode, I totally promise. So let me tell you how Better Nation does it. How Better Nation does the share. Well, share your insights and quotes on social media with the hashtag better nation you can do this on twitter instagram the facebook or even linkedin but let's get to it so stay tuned until the very last moment because i even share my most recent story of burnout you're going to get the real story here so you're just going to want to stay on to hear it now it's time to get to the episode better with dr erica Hey, y'all, welcome. It is your host, Dr. Erica, Harvard-trained, double-board-certified psychiatrist, coming directly to you for this episode of Better with Dr. Erica. Now, I'm super excited because not only do I have a phenomenal guest. Yes, I said it. I said phenomenal, and I meant every word of it. So I have a great guest, and we are talking about a topic that is hitting everybody so hard right now. So I'd say... I'd hold a little suspense, but there was already an intro, so you know what we're talking about. Today, we are talking about the wonderful or not so wonderful world of burnout. Now, I want you to remember a couple of things. One is I am a Harvard-trained double board certified psychiatrist, and my guest is also a physician. But today in this podcast, we are not actually your personal doctors. We are not giving you medical advice. We are giving you some education. All right. So I just want you to know, I don't want you to be sitting up like, 
Dr. Jarrett's my doctor. And he said, or Dr. Erica's my doctor. And she said, I'm not your doctor. You know if I'm your doctor because you paid me. So you will know that. So my guest today is Dr. Jarrett Patton. I feel like there needs to be a round of applause simply for his name. Because if, if I tell you one thing about him, the first thing is he's actually a board certified pediatrician. But you know what? On the long list of all of the things that Dr. Jarrett is, I feel like that's not even at the top anymore. He is, he has a skill for educating people. He is a leader. He's a teacher. He is a speaker. He is an author. He is a podcast host. He has been on radio. He has live events. And the thing I love is the niche he's in is, have you ever heard that story of that person that was a great person and something horrible happened to him? Because you know that little saying, sometimes bad things happen to good people. He is like the guru of when bad things happen to good people. His entire platform is how to recover when bad things happen to good people. Now, as you know, reading bios isn't my ministry. So I'm going to let the, where's my, my fake round of applause? <sighs> my, um, I'm going to let my guest, Dr. Jarrett Patton, tell you some more about himself because I'm sure he could do it even better than me. So take it away, Dr. Jarrett. Thank you, Dr. Erica, for having me on the show. It is an honor. I love your podcast. Big fan of it. And just to be here having a conversation is great. I am Dr. Jarrett Patton, a board-certified pediatrician and career coach. I am the author of the number one best-selling and award-winning book, Licensed to Live, a perimeter rebuild your life after your career is shattered. And I just help doctors, executives, healthcare professionals refresh and restart their job, particularly if something goes bump in the middle of the night. So I have just had such a long career of leadership, uh, clinical pediatrics, academic work. Uh, you're right. I, I just enjoy myself now helping other people, talking on the stages, spreading my message through the media. Life is good. Well, hey, 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 I am down for all of it. There's another segment I typically do, but I, I need to talk about something before we get to the next thing, which is, y'all, I love the title of all his stuff, License to Live, because who doesn't want to be able to live? I just, I just, number one, had to have a moment to say how phenomenal of a title that is. It just touches my heart every time I hear it. Thank you, Dr. Erica. And, and, and it was a title that kind of came throughout my story. I was working hard as a pediatrician. I worked hard as a physician executive. I led general pediatrics, uh, was as a division chair. I even rose all the way up to the president of the medical staff of an eight hospital system. So I was overseeing about 1,500 doctors uh, as well as still continue, continuing to see patients. So I was thinking I was really living my dream and it was truly my life. Uh, however, one day I had a meeting with one of the hospital attorneys I frequently met with being a board member. And uh, he just sat down and he said, Jared, 
I don't know how to tell you this, but uh, you're under investigation. I said, what? Under investigation? Mm. And he started to show me pictures from Facebook. And I said, I don't know who this person is. I'm not even on Facebook. What's going on? And she went to tell the story that I did something sexually inappropriate while examining her nine-month-old infant. And she was going to the police. And that led me on a spiral downturn. It seemed like the next thing I know, the police were putting cold steel handcuffs mm. as they crushed the bones in my wrist, led me off into a paddy wagon. And that began the 18 months of me going through a process to prove my innocence in this matter. Now, of course, I lost my medical licenses during this time. I lost my uh, drug enforcement agency certificate during this time. Uh, I was a top story in the news and it was a very difficult time in my life. But this is the time in my life where I reconnected with myself and I said, yes, I am a doctor, but I am also a father. I am also a husband. I am also a cousin. I'm also a son. I'm a brother. And I had so many other identities I said, you know what happens to people when they go through horrible career changes? Mm. A lot of times people aren't heard from again. So I wrote the book License to Live and have had this whole platform based on they can take anything else they want to away from you, but they can't take your license to live away. OK, um, I think someone in my studio is cutting onions. Um, <laughs> I'm going to blame it. I'm going to blame it on Dr. Jared and i um, I'm an artist and I'm sensitive about my stuff. Uh, <laughs> my, name is, my name is Erica. Uh, <laughs> that story really gets me every time. And, and that's why to me, I feel like you were the perfect person to help with this narrative when bad things happen to good people. And people get, I can't say they get excited about the thought of being a doctor because I really feel like being a doctor isn't as prestigious as it was 10, 15, 20, 30 years ago. But I don't think anybody realizes just with a lot of different professions that if something happens and you can't do that, it's one hell of a thing figuring out what else you can do. It's kind of like that the athlete that's played sports all the time trying to figure out what to do next is when these kinds of things happen, if we don't have licenses, it doesn't matter that we have all this education and could do other things in the medical field. If you're a doctor, they want you to do doctor stuff. If you don't have a DEA registration, you can't prescribe hardly any medicines, not just ones that are controlled. So I, I, I want to get, I'm going to unpack some of this a little later, but y'all, Dr. Jared was a steal, and he I'm so lucky he's one of my super friends and didn't charge me for his time. <laughs> so thank you. Hey, that's what friends are for. <laughs> Cue the Dion Warwick song. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I do, I want to transition into a segment. I do some this or that questions because I've had the pleasure of sitting down and having some conversations with you. But I'd love for the listeners just to get a little bit more of a peek into Dr. Jarrett, other than all of the professional things you do. Are you ready? Let's do it. I can't wait. These answers always surprise me. So the first one is steak or sushi? 
Oh, man. Now, see, when it comes to food, I always say, why make a choice? Why make a choice? Like, I mean, surf and turf was made to live with each other on one plate. Now. Well, it's okay. If that if your answer is, <laughs> I, I don't have a preference, we're doing surf and turf, I'm okay with that. However, however, I'll lean toward a steak only to make the segment work. So I will make a choice and I'll go towards steak. Okay. I'm not mad at you. I'm not mad at you. I mean, or I guess you could always be like, well, I'm going to have that Wagyu Nigiri. Yeah. <laughs> right. We'll take it there. <laughs> yeah, because there's one restaurant and they, they have really great sushi rolls and it'll be like something raw with Kobe beef, you know? <laughs> I can't lie. I know they say plant-based diets will, will get you a long life and I, one of our colleagues, Dr. Monique, got me into, I, I will make all of the things with tofu, but sometimes, I won't lie, I still like a little bit of red meat. Yeah, I got to just put a little bit in there. I don't know, there's, something there's about it. There's nothing quite like it. <laughs> all right, the next question is ice cream or cake? Uh, that one is a pretty hard cake. I mean, although I like both and they go another another one that goes great together. I mean, it's, you know, why make a choice again? But But I'll go cake on this one. Okay. The next one is tea or coffee? I'm a coffee drinker. I love EH3 coffee. I drink it almost every single day. It's just something that I start my morning routine on. So, so as I'm reading, reading books, newspapers, getting my day started early in the morning and, and, and depending on the time of the year, it's way before sunup, but I'm having my coffee every morning. I'm, I'm down with that, even though I'm a tea drinker. I'm, I'm that one person that doesn't like coffee at all, but what's twisted is I love the smell of coffee. I grew Great up smell. a whole, my whole family surrounds themselves around coffee. So whenever they're together, even if they're just chatting, everyone has coffee. So I love the smell and I love it in scrubs. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There, I, it just feels right in scrubs. <laughs> it, sm it smells delightful. I just don't want to taste it. <laughs> Even though I buy Kona coffee every time I go to Hawaii just for my daddy. <laughs> of course. But not for my mom because she she does not like fancy coffee. It's like she wants Folgers. So it's like if I were to bring back Kona coffee, she's not going to drink it. But this isn't about me. This is about you. <laughs> <laughs> Loving it. Oh, why not? <laughs> what, what happened was, so so to circle back to some of what, what you talked about, because what's going on right now is there are so many people experiencing burnout. We've talked about burnout in other contexts, and I, I always think about all the times I remember even doing, doing talks about burnout for psychiatric conventions, but I feel like we're in a crisis almost like a pandemic of burnout from the fact that people's emotional and mental capacity is pulled from the wonderful world of never ending pandemics and racial injustice to the fact that for a lot of people, the ones that were able to still work, because there are some people that unfortunately are dealing with the consequences of losing employment or losing their jobs, is that the people that remained working, a lot of their workloads went up due to people leaving, people quitting. And unfortunately, we have lost, I've lost count of what the current 
the current number is last time I remember looking, it was over 700,000 people had died in the United States from COVID. Well, if a lot of them are adults, they worked somewhere. So they're gone. So a lot of people are dealing with the increased pull on their emotional and mental capacity from just managing day-to-day life in the midst of a pandemic, dealing with how much racial injustice is becoming harder to look away from. And all of these things are already pulling on people's capacity. So when you start adding all of the things you have to do at work, the amount of work that's going up, the fact that the average person is just not at their best right now, given everything that the pandemic has mixed, has caused, all of the shifts, all of the changes in responsibilities, the concerns for your livelihood, your physical health, the physical health of your family. It's just been all of the things that people have a decreased cognitive or thinking capacity, but have increased demands, which is literally, I feel like it's a setup in a breeding ground for burnout. So the, my first question is, do you feel like you're seeing people be more about burned out in this situation? I know I do, but I'm wondering in the people that you work with, if that's something you're seeing. The rates of burnout going on right now, particularly in healthcare, are astronomical uh, because healthcare at baseline doesn't always work as smoothly or efficiently as it needs to. And when there's a stress on any system that's not working at its utmost efficiency, they oftentimes just just fall apart. And that's kind of what we're seeing in our healthcare system as as the ICUs have filled up and then maybe they've they had a little breathing room and filled up again and breathing room and filled up again. And we get these wave after wave after wave of infectious people. Who, who literally are dying, as you mentioned, it's in the hundreds of thousands. And that just changes everybody's job because now not only are you doing the things that you were doing anyway and, and probably getting by, although you weren't probably very happy, but now everything is magnified due to the amount of people that have to be processed through the system, which is more than than ever before. So so people had to cancel elective things. They had to cancel preventative things. And and it all had to be focused on just taking care of sick, infectious people. And when all of that is hitting you constantly and you're told to go to work when maybe we don't have enough PPE for you, we don't have enough protective equipment for you, uh, or you're going to work in which, well, I know you normally see 20 patients, but you're going to have to see 45 or 50 patients today. And there is just no room for give. This just piles on top of something that already wasn't working. And then you find yourself really unhappy and it starts to affect other parts of your life. And yes, the answer is yes. Burnout is here and burnout is even more prevalent uh, as you're looking across employment across all sectors. Uh, in the middle of what we're calling the great resignation right now, where people are just saying they've had enough and it's time to go on and do other things. And that is exactly what I'm seeing in my license to live coaching practice with people who have had it. They want to try something different. They are they know that they can't 
maintain themselves in this current situation and it's affecting maybe their health, maybe their marriage, maybe just their general satisfaction in life. So there are things that need to be done. And if you feel burnt out and you're listening to this right now, just know that you're not alone. Don't go anywhere. Stay tuned for more great information and insights from my guest, Dr. Jarrett. Better with Dr. Erica. It's time for the better tip of the week. Sometimes your exhaustion is from attempting to do all of the things. I can bet money that you have plenty of things on your never-ending things-to-do list that don't even have to actually be done by you. I challenge you to outsource at least one thing this week. You can do it. By delegating and outsourcing, you can make more space to put you back into your life. Back to the show. Better with Dr. Erica. What are some of the top signs or symptoms of burnout that you're seeing in the people that you're working with? A lot of people are just having uh, these these episodes of maybe anxiety that, that can be kind of cropping up because they're like, oh, I have to go to work, but it seems like I just left work, but I got to go back to work and I have to figure out a way how to stay safe in this environment and maybe not bring COVID home to my family. I have to figure out ways how to see more people in less amount of time uh, so that I can go watch my kids perform in the ballet. There's so many different things that go on that pull people, but time constraints tends to be one of the biggest thing. And if time is already limited and you're asked to do more with the same amount of time or sometimes more with even less time, it simply doesn't work. So frustrations with time is a big thing that I see. People that feel like they don't have any control in the situation, which many times with our employment contracts, we don't have control in this situation. And the third biggest thing that I'm seeing with people are that, hey, this isn't what I signed up for X amount of years ago when I went off to medical school. Things are just way too different now. And, and people have passions. They have other identities buried beneath the physician. And they're ready to take those gifts forward and share them with the world. Indeed. I, I can definitely see that. And probably a lot of us have experienced some of that, especially in healthcare, because the the expectations have been, they, they were high before this. <laughs> um, but for my listeners, I, kn- I know a lot of you, some, some of you will be doctors, some of you are other people. And one of the things that was really interesting is I was having a conversation with someone that worked for HR for, one of, for city government and just literally talking about there are people that you immediately think of as frontline workers, such as people in healthcare the police, but there are a lot of different people that have functioned as frontline workers, especially in this pandemic. And some of the some of the things that was going on with them is the fact that you had these people in different types of jobs, be it the fire department, EMS, police. Quite frankly, there were times where it felt like the poor little grocery store clerks were <laughs> frontline workers. But all these people that Everything is going on. The world seems to be going to crap, but they still have to keep showing up. And not only do they have to keep showing up, you have to keep showing up actually to work longer and harder before in in more tumultuous conditions. And I want to just take a quick moment and talk about some of of the basics of, of burnout because 
as this conversation is going to go on, we'll eventually talk about what we, what, what can you do? Because, uh, you know, a lot of the stuff, it's great. If I don't know if it has it ever happened to you, Dr. Dr. Jarrett, where you were sitting up and you're watching a show, you're watching, you know, some Oprah super, super soul Sunday or something. And you, you just feel pumped when it's over. Like, yes, I could take over the world. And then you're like, I'm not sure what to do to take over the world though. But I feel really good, but I don't know what to do. So I want to make sure that at the end of this conversation, you're not left like, oh, my gosh, I'm burned out. Duh. You know, <laughs> and, and don't have any anything you can do. So we will be talking about some potential solutions or things you can actually do coming up. But one of the key things to burnout and one of the things that just creeps, just creeps up to you is this just this dullness, just some apathy, some lack of empathy, and just a detachment. Um, and, and that's very, very common in burnout. And then also like Dr. Jared was talking about, like where you, you're, you're, you're moving and moving and moving, you're doing and doing and doing, but feel like you're not getting anywhere. Mm-hmm. And what happens for some people is they feel like no matter what I do, it's not going to matter and then they just kind of start stopping or get frozen. It's just like, nothing's going to matter. And, and, and just a lot of these feelings of there's the weird thing is, and that's one of the conversations a lot of us end up having because some of it, people are like, am I depressed or am I burned out? Um, because for a lot of people that are really burned out, they actually also start feeling helpless and hopeless. Yes. Hopeless is a big Big one. You just say, there's nothing I can do. And and that's one of the big things. And that's one of the reasons I, I love Dr. Jarrett, because part of what he's doing with this License to Live platform is showing that even when you're, when you're sitting in the middle of the dark and you feel like all the doors are locked and you don't have any keys, there's nowhere for you to pee and you don't even have a bottle of water, that you can have hope. I feel like I'm a little dramatic today. <laughs> hey, that, you're just speaking the truth. That's all you're doing. You're just preaching today. And, and, and that's, just, that's just fine because that's exactly what people need to hear. They need to hear that it's going to be okay. And, and one of the things that's big with the work that both of us do is, is helping people to not just simply have hope. Because I feel like hope itself, there are certain words that they sound really great, but sometimes Sometimes you don't even know what it feels like or how you get there. So like hope, love, and peace. They're things everybody wants. But a lot of folks aren't really sure what it is or how to get it. But I, in this case, it's the hope is in that point of when you're able to shift your mindset to remember or accept that you do have the power to control what you do and your decisions and your control of yourself and your decisions can give you options that you may not see immediately when you're literally in the thick of it. That's it. You, you, it in that storm. And I remember going through this in times, you know, it, it's, it's when a time in my life that I couldn't have any job, I would apply for jobs in any kind of sector Uh, People wouldn't even look at me. And I said, I used to be a very successful executive. And I came to that point in my life where I said, there's there's nothing I can do. 
I don't know what I can do, but then I started from the ground up. So when the kids would come home from school, uh, there'd be a bunch of kids in the neighborhood and hey, I became the neighborhood kickball pitcher. And I said, <laughs> hey, there's something I can do that I wasn't able to do when I was running hospitals. And I can just sit here and have some fun and enjoy some time with my kids that I ordinarily wouldn't have had. And as I started seeing all the positive things that were going on in my life, despite being in a circle of a storm, it helped me soar and to be like the eagle and rise above the storm until the storm passes. And then you can come back down and see how good life is, even though it may have changed but it's changing for the better. I love that. And and there is something about being able to have that view, kind of like the view from the helicopter or from the top of a tree versus the view from street level. And that's one of the reasons why when you start talking to a, a, a lot of people that have done, I'm, I'm going to use this word, even though I feel like it should be banned after the pandemic pivot. I feel like if I, there are a handful of words, if I never hear them again after in the next year, I'll be fine. Like dropping gems. I don't need to hear that again. I don't, I don't need to hear dropping, dropping gems. I don't need to hear. Uh, <laughs> is, is that one of the, one of the reasons why we're talking about this on this podcast is a lot of the, the solutions to help you get to this other side and to get this bird's eye view so that you can see the full layout of the land to figure out a really good plan for yourself or where you can move is that a lot of times these things don't happen in isolation. You're not going to talk to a lot of people that have made it through burnout or some of these soul crushing situations and hear that their narrative is, I figured this all out by myself. <laughs> I mean, it's just not the nature of the beast. You start talking to people, you'll find out folks have coaches, therapists, energy workers, all kinds of things. But it's it's a lot of times you'll need someone else to help you see the things that you can't see. You're absolutely right. Because Dr. Erica, most people, they look at things, and especially if you're working in healthcare, well, you just expected to do what you know how to what you know what to do you just do it and you don't ask you don't tell you just do it and you're taking care of people because you know you've been trained to do that and that's because you're an expert in your field and you're an expert in what you do but you may not be an expert in running an enterprise or running a business or or knowing what kind of steps to take if you're making a change in your life and that is one of the things that I always tell people to look at when they are suffering from burnout. Ask for help. Ask for help can come in a variety of different things. You can ask your supervisor to say, hey, maybe I need to just work less hours. Maybe let's look at, look at my shift change. Look at it differently. Hey, maybe I need a little more pay. Why not ask for it? You deserve it. Maybe I need Something like a scribe, which is also a common solution mm -hmm. that many institutions don't provide uh, because we know that charting can be overwhelming for a lot of people. So you are looking at these things that you may be able to make a difference in life and then you then you go for it. And, and if that means hiring a coach, 
and and I've hired many coaches over over the years. If I weren't uh, if I didn't hire coaches, I probably never would have been heard from again. I wouldn't be on syndicated radio. I wouldn't be on television. I wouldn't have written all these books. None of these things would have happened if I didn't invest in the education. So you must invest in yourself. There's no doubt about it. And I was willing to double down on it. And I said, even if no one else believed in me, if it's only me, that's enough to get going. And that's exactly what I did. And it wasn't just me. There were lots of people that believed in me. And I knew I had to continue to invest in myself just like I did if I took an undergraduate degree or a medical degree or any other kind of advanced teaching or certification that I've had, you just have to invest in yourself. And it's the same process and you learn new skills and strategies and you take them forward. So that's exactly what I do with a lot of my clients, help teach them some of the knowledge I've gained, not only over my years in the hospital, leading and managing hospitals, but also in my years as an entrepreneur, as an author, as a speaker, as a media expert, as a so on and so forth down the line. I I love it. And I there were two things I want to pull out, two things that you said that I think are huge. One is you talked about how a lot of times we'll be experts in whatever our profession is. The other thing I would say we are experts in, we are ex, experts, not just me, we, you, you are an expert in working. You are an, an expert in being an employee, most likely. You're also an expert in being overworked. <laughs> but what you may not be an expert in is actually asking for help. So a lot of these solutions and what we're going to be talking about is this shift. And it's part of what Dr. Jarrett was alluding to is this shift to also becoming an expert in finding resources for yourself, an expert in, in showing up for yourself. Because a lot of what he was talking about is that we're experts in showing up for everybody else. We're an expert in showing up for work. And somehow doing whatever they ask us to do, no matter how crazy or how much it is, we're an expert of taking care of our family. You may not be an expert in showing up for yourself. And one of the ways you make it through burnout is you have to show up for yourself. So I have a, I have a personal question for you, Dr. Jared. Hopefully you won't give me the side eye through the computer. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> have you ever experienced burnout personally? Well, I think I have experienced burnout and I just didn't know that I experienced burnout. I uh, got to a period of time early in my clinical career that I knew I could offer more. I knew I had a lot more skill sets than I had working in a clinic, taking care of patients and families and doing that day after day. I knew I had other skills and other gifts that I could share that would be even more impactful and and maybe even magnifying the care that I provide one-to-one. I knew I could do things one-to-many. And so it was very early on in my career that I realized that simply having a clinical or and academic career is not gonna be fulfilling for me. And that's when I started asking. I said I, I wanted to ask for more and I wanted to look toward leadership and 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 I wanted to work with leaders. 
And that's ultimately what I did. So it was at that point that I said, I can't do this for a long period of time. I'm just not going to be happy because I feel like half of myself is being wasted. And it was that point in my life that I said, hey, I still like the clinical piece. I still like taking care of the Smith family and the Jones family and the Rodriguez family and the Williams family. And I like all of that, but there's more to me. And that's when I went into leadership. And so I was able to help change policies, help change things that would help the masses that I wouldn't touch directly while I was still being able to take care of patients. Uh, individually. So it was one of those things early in my life that I knew I was suffering. I said I was maybe, you know, not sleeping as well. I maybe seemed more irritable. I seemed to have less time for my family. And as things changed and as I catered my career, as I catered my job to suit me, because often we suit ourselves to fit the job, but I changed my job to suit me. And that's what took me on a different pathway. Don't go anywhere. I'll be back in a few moments with my phenomenal guest, Dr. Jared Patton. Better with Dr. Erica. It's time for Get Your Better On. This is how I got my better on recently. This weekend, I put on the most delightful matcha tea face mask while wearing my favorite spa robe. Yes, I said matcha tea. And yes, it was actually a face mask. I love doing face masks at home. It brings me joy and is a gift to myself. It's like having my own spa moment that I didn't even have to pay for. So what have you done for yourself lately? Your assignment is to daily do one thing specifically for you. You've got this. Back to the show. Better with Dr. Erica. I have a question for you. Is it okay if I tell you one of my burnout stories? I would love to hear it. So let me tell you the real story. Um, I am currently recovering from burnout right now. <laughs> right Whoa. now. Whoa, right I now. didn't expect that. Okay. Yes, yes that, is more. The, that is the real story. And um, I've been burned out before. I realized when I was young, I kind of burned out in med school that I'm just one of those people. I always remember when I was doing my child fellowship, my my chair said, he said, Erica, I will know you're doing great when you're taking vacations. Well, my life was great. I was taking lots of vacations. You know, I was previously in my past life, I did locum tenens all the time. So I was a traveling psychiatrist working about eight months a year. The other four months, I was chilling. I was chilling hard. I wasn't working. I was chilling. Then I decided to um, meet one of the coaches, Dr. Jarrett, and I have in common, Dr. Dre, and I decided I'm going to walk into all of my purposes, uh, which meant starting businesses and doing other things. Um, And I can say to all of you out there, and I know a lot of you have probably been on this entrepreneur journey, is that you, you work really hard when you work for yourself. (laughs) <laughs> it's definitely not the easy way. It is it's it's not easy. And you're you're working all the time. I was working all the time because I was still doing some contract work. I was building these businesses even before the before the podcast. I was on live streams. I was 
seeing my own patients, doing consultations, doing some corporate speaking, just doing a lot of things, which meant that in retrospect, I didn't have space for myself in there. It was, there was something going on all the time, every day. And I got to a point and all of you out there, I don't know if you know this about me. I am a hardcore empath. I I knew I was an empath before it was a thing. Like back in the day, I'd say if I was a sci-fi character or if I was on Star Trek, I'd be an empath. And then all of a sudden it became a thing to say, I'm an empath. I was an empath before it was cool. <laughs> but I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a hardcore empath. And just the, the global energy of the world is can be a little exhausting for me. So you add that energy for so long in this pandemic, along with, I'm one of those people that I err on the side of safety. I'm, I'm not, I'm risk averse when it comes to physical issues. I'm not risk averse when it comes to taking risks in, bene- in business or having new experiences, but you know, I'm not bungee jumping. I'm not hopping out of a plane. You know, I'm risk averse to physical things. I, I don't want to die. You know, I wear two masks, you know, that's, that's my life. So I got to a point where I didn't dread going to work. And for a lot of people, their burnout shows, burnout shows up as what they used to term the Sunday scaries, where you think about work on Monday and it's like, oh, crap. Um, but the average person with burnout, which happened not to be my case, but a lot of the people I work at with burnout, is that every, every evening and every morning that is either a work day or the night before a work day, they dread work. So it's not just the Sunday scaries. For a lot of them, it's the Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday scaries. Um, but I realized I was so exhausted. I felt like I didn't have anything to get. I was just tired. And it just took so much energy to do everything that I would go and go and go and go and go. I don't know how this happens to all of y'all out there where you just keep going and you keep pushing like the little engine that could until literally you collapse in a heap of something on the couch or wherever your place is and you're just done. And it's, I realized for me, it wasn't intentional to get rest. I get rest (coughs) when I was too exhausted to do anything else. And I was just exhausted. And I realized for me, I'm such a happy person that really the average person Unless you know me extremely well, you're never going to know when I'm irritable because my irritability is still very subtle. But I started to realize I'm like, things just seem to be getting on my nerves. This, this, this weird administrative process that makes no sense to me that usually I just laugh at and say it doesn't make sense to me. They're just going to be pay me for wasting my time because it takes too much time to do this and I get paid by the hour was just aggravating me to death. Like the thought of doing one more admin thing that felt like it was not my job would just piss me off. (laughs) I was so pissed (laughs) off. Um, And I just was exhausted and tired. And to me, that was the big clue was it was just, I'd be sitting on the phone with someone and it would be like, they're crying. They're still crying. They're crying some more. And and that was for me, I'm extremely empathic. So the people I talk with would never know how my my empathy meter was was shifting a little bit because even when I'm not at the highest level of empathy, I have a high level of empathy. But it was enough for me to notice. And when I noticed it, it was interesting. And this is why I want to have this podcast. 
is there is power when you can identify what you're dealing with. That for me and the people I work with, when you know what it is, there's this thing of just knowing what it is makes you feel better. The next thing is then you can figure out what the appropriate plan is to fix it or move through it. And for me, when I realized, I was like, I'm burned out. I called I called my mindset coach and was like, hey, I'm burned out. And when we f- talked about it and I was able to put a word to it, then let me tell you what I did. You know how we were talking for about asking for help? I have an entire crew of folks on the, it's like put Humpty Dumpty back together again, like put Dr. Erica back together again. Yes. Plan because it, because I am so energetically sensitive. Um, it just takes a, a lot once I get drained. And I realized for myself, I was setting myself up for perpetual exhaustion. So is it okay if I tell you who's in my team? Sure. Let's hear it. Okay. I have a mindset coach. I have two business coaches. I have a wellness coach. I have an acupuncturist. I have a chiropractor. I have a masseuse. I have, did I say acupuncturist? Did I mention the acupuncturist yet? I have an acupuncturist and I have a therapist. That's a great team. That's a great team. I have folks. Yeah. Um, I realize everybody may not get all of the folks, but the, the, the message in it is you have to ask for help because at the end of the day, part of what gets us to burn out um, and part of the reasons I talk about putting you back into your life is one of the things that happens in burnout is you aren't in your life. There's no space for you. There's probably no space for you. There's probably not space for your emotions. There definitely isn't a lot of space for rest. So one of the reasons we're talking about burnout is part of the ways you're going to get through burnout is you have to put you back into your life and make that space. And that's one of the reasons I have the better seven, those seven essential areas to help you get to that better life is those seven essential areas help you to carve out the time to put you, you back in there. Because part of what makes you burned out is it's everything is about everybody else. And for you to be able to take really good care of yourself, you have to have the space to create a, a, a safe emotional space for yourself, a space where you can rest, a space where you can problem solve, and then a space to help fight all of that overwhelm. But as we were talking about earlier, is a lot of times it's going to be hard to come up with all of that on your own. Absolutely, because you can't see it. You just can't see it because there's so many things going through your head. You can't see it. You, you, you need that outside source to say, here, this is the way. Like the Mandalorian. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is the way. I can bring you, I can bring you in cot or was it? I can, I can bring you in cold or I can bring you in hot. You choose. You know, so part of the reason I just wanted to share that is there are a lot of successful people around you that have have dealt with burnout and are dealing with burnout right now. And I use successful in air quotes because there are so many different versions of success. It doesn't just look one way, but there are just a lot of people burned out right now. And one of the reasons it's important to start recognizing burnout, to deal with burnout, is 
burnout can eventually transition to other mental health issues. <laughs> if you're burned out for a long time, there is a high probability you may end up depressed. <laughs> or sometimes people end up burned out for a long time and then they end up really anxious. And the key is being able to start recovering from these situations earlier than later. Because you deserve to enjoy every day. And any day that you're burned out is going to be a day that you're not going to feel like you're living at your best or that you're enjoying the day that you were given. And my goal, and I realize I've been talking longer than usual this time. I don't usually talk this much in my own podcast. <laughs> I know Dr. Jared's probably used to it because he he does a lot of solo episodes, so he's talking, but I usually let my guests do all the talking. <laughs> You're on a roll today. You got to let it go. Um, one of the reasons it's important to have these conversations is my goal for you, and I'm sure this is also Dr. Jarrett's goal, is that I want you to wake up in the morning and when you slide over and slide your feet off the edge of the bed to actually look forward to getting out of the bed. Because how often do you wake up and you're laying there and you're snoozing or you're rolling over or you roll over your stomach and put your head, your hand on your, your arm and cover your eyes because the last thing you want to do is get out of the bed. I want getting out of the bed to be a pleasant experience. I want you to look forward to the day. I want you to feel like there is potential in the day and that you can have joy in the day. And, and at the end of the day, that's all of the services that we all are providing. That's what we want for you. I spoke for you, Dr. Jared. I hope I didn't lie. No, you tell no lies. It's all facts, Dr. Erica. I agree with you all the way because that's exactly what you want to do. You want to get yourself out and going. I mean, let's face it. We only have a limited number of times we get to wake up. So why are you wasting your time waking up being miserable? Why not wake up and get you into a, uh, into a place where you can wake up and be excited about the day? That's that's why I get up every morning. I'm excited about my, my morning routine. I'm excited about getting some reading, enriching my mind, having some meditation and prayer, sipping on some coffee. I'm ready to get started. And then I'm ready to tackle my day. Yes. And I, I need to actually start getting on my Peloton in the morning instead of looking at it from the bed. <laughs> so on my commute into my office, hey, I do. I make sure I incorporate that walk too to get that physical activity. It's, 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 it's all a part of the process. <laughs> so I know my, my Peloton judges me every morning and every night. Every morning I get in the bed and look at it, it's like, what you doing? I feel lonely. You don't I'm have neglected. time for me. And then every night it's like, you really going to bed without spending quality time for real? So um, I'm, I'm working on getting it together. But I think that's one of the things I want to be honest with is when I got burned out, I got so exhausted. I didn't have the energy to do anything. Um, and it's like when you have all these other things you have to do, Sometimes your physical activity may come last. <laughs> so you run out of energy. So, so yeah, I finally got on my bike, but I need to get on again. I haven't been on my bike in a week and a half. So I'm going to do better. Just I'm say do hello. Better. Just say hello. Just yeah. a little hello. Let yeah, me reacquaint like, myself. Let me do Lionel Richie. Hello. <laughs> Is it me you're looking for? <laughs> That's right on. See? <laughs> it's a I, I do, song. I, I do what I can. 
Listen, this conversation is nothing without you. So stay right here and we'll be back in a few moments. Better with Dr. Erica. Welcome to Goodwin Medical Associates, where we provide customized, caring telepsychiatry that is delivered with compassion by a Harvard-trained, double-board-certified psychiatrist. Don't you know that everyone, including you, deserves great mental health? Visit www.goodwintelepsych.com for more information and to book your free consultation. Better with Dr. Erica. Better with Dr. Erica. So is it okay if we take a moment and transition to the wonderful world of the speed round? All right, let's go. Okay. So the first one is, what is the best lesson you learned from your father? Well, one of the things I think that my father always instilled in me is just organization and thinking about things in a logical and stepwise manner. Uh, It may have come from him being a scientist, which ultimately led me to become a scientist. Uh, But thinking about things methodologically is something that my father gave me. And I'm always grateful of it. Oh, I love it. I know. I'm a softie. That question always gets me all warm and fuzzy. (laughs) The next question is, what is one free thing you do for self-care? Oh, man. Oh, taking, taking that walk that I talked about. That is the best thing in my day. I mean, if it's cold outside, if it's snowing, if it's sunny and hot, I'm going to be out there walking. And I mean, it's got to be dangerously icy or something that I just can't do it for me for me to to even consider not getting that activity in because just getting some fresh air, hopefully a little bit of sunlight. It just puts a different frame on my day. I love it. And See, this walk keeps coming up, my listeners, all y'all, you hear this walk because Dr. Delicia takes, I've actually been on a FaceTime and seen her walk. (laughs) The one she does that goes by the water, it's a gorgeous walk. But do you hear how this walk keeps coming up? The walk keeps coming up. The next one is, what's something about you that most people don't know? And it doesn't have to come from a skeleton closet. <laughs> well, I think most people don't know that I have been uh, an author of multiple books because a lot of times people understand that I've been in the license to live. They've had the primer to rebuild their life. They've looked at the daily affirmations to rebuild your life. Oh, wait. The other one is coming. I love the title. I'm sorry. Oh, I just got here we so go. He, yeah, it's License to Live, Daily Affirmations to Rebuild Your Life. It's a I was thinking of the other one. affirmation guide that, that's there. Now, my other set of books <laughs> that I still had to keep it in the pediatric world, and I love writing them. I've written a couple books in that series, too, called Whose Badass Kids Are Those? So it's a parent's guide to behavior in their children. And and it's something I still love to talk about because you know, when you're walking around, you go to the mall, you go to the grocery store, you ask that question, who's badass kids are those? That's the one I was waiting on. Yeah. (laughs) And you keep going. (laughs) Oh, Probably the most surprising thing people don't know is that I uh, happen to lead uh, the narrator role in a documentary called Us Versus the Plant, which is a film about medical marijuana. 
And people often ask me, well, how do you get into that as a pediatrician? And it's one of those things that you, when, when you take yourself out of that linear pathway that we're often told to walk on that straight line, you can see that there's a lot of other things around if you look to the left, to the right, maybe even take a quick glance behind you. And there's more things that you can pick up. So for me to learn a little bit more about that was perfect. And, and I got casted into that role. So it's just things I would never see happening in my life. And it certainly wouldn't have happened had I stayed working in the hospital. Indeed, indeed. And, you know, I, I just still get a chuckle off the title. Who's badass kids are they? <laughs> are those that that just like gives me all of the. Chuckles. I was literally just waiting. We had we had to drop it out there while we while we could before we yeah. make it an explicit show or something. We'll just keep it there. Yeah. <laughs> so, what's something that has helped you get through the pandemic? Uh, Other one, than the walk. Yeah. So, of course, I of course I would <laughs> mention the walk again. I definitely mentioned the walk again. But uh, one of the things that has helped me get through the pandemic is realizing there's some things that I can't take control over. There's Praise some things Jesus. that are just going to happen regardless of my best efforts. And in this case, people get mad about one thing or the next, and they put up all these walls and start arguing over it. And I said, well, arguing over it is not going to change anything in this virus. I can only do the things that I know that I've seen that can protect me, and I will do that. At the same time, I'm going to try to continue to keep living at the best of my ability. And and honestly, uh, the, the family, and it was the family ties that got stronger during the pandemic, that even though that there was a lot of physical isolation, we actually found more ways to try to connect with each other. So, so making those connections during the pandemic uh, was really a wonderful byproduct of you know, being forced to be in a pandemic. I love it. And and honestly, y'all, did you hear in there where basically it's a version of, this just makes me think of the, the short version of the serenity prayer. <laughs> I, because it, it, it's so important. You can, you don't have to say God, it could be, higher power or universe, but it's grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can. Here it is. And the wisdom to know the difference. <laughs> because I, I feel like that acceptance that you can't, you can't change everything and you can't make it all the way you want it. And and I just, I'm so glad you brought that out. It's one of the ways to deal with this pandemic is we all have our idea of what we want the world to be. It ain't always going to be that. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's why I have I to keep my I license to live. I know. And that, that's why you keep helping other people be licensed to live. That's right. <laughs> so my last question is, what would you like to be remembered for? I think I just like to be remembered for, for being a good father, good husband, a good man uh, that really like to help people. Oh, I love it. Okay. You gave me all the warm and fuzzies. 
But before I, I keep my listeners here forever, because I could talk to you all day, but I'm sure you probably also have things on your schedule. Uh, so I can't hijack your entire schedule. Do you have any final thoughts or takeaways you'd like to leave for the audience? One thing that I talk about when you're trying to achieve work-life balance is learning how to live life. Starting with L, look at your goals, look at your long-term goals and your short-term goals, because oftentimes those short-term goals can hijack you from those long-term goals. So you can have that narrow lens, but look much broader. I, integrate. Integrate your work into your life. Don't let your work dominate your life and integrate your life into your work. And so when you are working in your life, things go much better. F, have fun. If you are not having fun at what you're doing, you need to have another job. I'm having fun talking with Dr. Erica. She's having fun being a podcast host and and running her show today. If you have to find ways to have fun in everything that you do. And E is expectations. Your life can only be what you expect it to be. So if you have great expectations, your life is going to be full of greatness. Y'all, that was literally a word. I dropped the mic, not jacking up the audio, but the other thing is we aren't quite done yet. But I'm going to let you know that was an entire word. You may want to rewind and re-listen to that. Or this is a good opportunity that you may want to subscribe to the show notes because it will be in there because you're going to want to remember that wonderful world of living life and the life. So can you also tell people where they can find you? You can find me everywhere at Dr. Jarrett. On the web, drjarrett.com. Spell out the word doctor, J-A-2-R-E-1-T. And across all social media, at Dr. Jarrett. Hang out with me on LinkedIn. In between my License to Live podcast episodes, I spend a lot of time there. Come connect with me. Now, um, is your podcast on all major platforms for the peeps if they want to go check it out? You name it, wherever you listen, wherever you're listening to Dr. Erica right now, you can go in the search category, type in licensed, L-I-C-E-N-S-E-D-T-O-L-I-V-E. And before you finish typing that out, it's going to pop up. Hit the, hit the show, hit subscribe, and start listening. And let me tell you, his books are great. And I know we started kind of laughing because I was waiting for whose badass kids are those. <laughs> um, when he did, I want to make sure you, you did hear there's a License to Live affirmations book. You, That's you right. should check that out too. <laughs> That's right. It'll keep you on the pathway. Uh, affirmations are something that I have used for a number of time. And, and, and I'll give Dr. Erica a special link to give you guys just, you know, a 30 day affirmations to give it a try. Oh, look at him <laughs> giving the gifts. It is Christmas <laughs> in a month that is not December. <laughs> Who knew? Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Jared, for, for giving the gifts. I appreciate it. So first, I have to give a big thank you to Dr. Jarrett for taking time out of his busy schedule to pour into me and to pour into you. So I have to give you a big hearty thank you and virtual round of applause and spirit fingers. (laughs) I received that, Dr. Erica. Thank you for having me on your show. 
Oh, you're so welcome. And I want to encourage all of you to, this is one of those episodes, it may be helpful to listen to it more than once. Um, as I said, some of the pearls, especially that last acronym will be in the show notes. So you'll want to check those out. But I just want to say thank you, number one, for trusting me enough to trust myself and my guests to be all the way up in your ears. It does really touch me. It, it just it just makes my heart feel really good. Um, thanks for being a safe space for me to tell you a little bit about my story. So I appreciate you listening to me tell you a little bit more about me. The next thing is I want to encourage you, if you can, not if you're driving because it's not safe, give yourself a big hug because we all could use some more hugs. And I know we're still doing some physical distancing, so... Give yourself a big hug because you deserve it. So my couple of final words is, the first thing is, is just continue to check in with yourself. Ask yourself, self, how am I doing today? Self, am I tired? Self, do I feel out of balance? Self, do I just not feel like myself? If the answer to any of those is yes, then Look a little deeper to figure out if you may need a little help. It's okay if you do. The tragedy is when you need help and you don't get it. That's the tragedy. So I just want to encourage all of you to work on being increasingly self-aware and prioritize checking in with yourself like you prioritize checking in with others. Um, That's the big word I wanted to give you today. Thanks again for coming. As I said, I need a couple of favors from you. First favor is if you have not followed or subscribed, please do. Not, I'm not even going to get into the fact it helps my analytics, but I want to make sure that you get updates and know when the new episodes come out, especially if there are bonus ones, because you might not be anticipating the bonus episodes. As you know, my episodes typically drop Tuesday mornings, but I want you to stay in the know of everything going on. And the next thing is, if you like what you hear, please rate. It makes makes my life in the podcast a little bit better. Um, five stars, please. I, I'm going to say it. I'm going to be like the Uber driver that's like, please rate me five stars. Please rate me five stars. Um, the last is, if you could leave a review, that would be really lovely. It helps me make sure I'm able to bring the best content to you. Just leave a review. Don't freak if you don't see it on your platform. It's not on every single platform. It's definitely on Apple and Audible, but there's some places you go, you're like, but I don't see it. It's You don't see it because it's not there, but it's all good. Um, the next thing is if you're interested in, in getting some additional bonuses to actually getting my full show notes that also have timestamps and sometimes they'll have also some additional coaching skills, just join the Better Nation community the group of people that want to be better, do better, and live better. You just go to, I think it's joinbetternation.com. Joinbetternation.com. Like I don't know my own websites. How about that? <laughs> it's that, that moment when you remember what what the website name is in the system and you're trying to remember that versus what the actual URL is. So just go ahead and go over there and sign up. You'll get updates. You'll get access to the enhanced show notes. And because I'm a little, I'm a little anal when it comes to things that have graphics, they're really pretty. <laughs> they're useful, but they're really pretty. Um, but all of that just to say, 
I want you to be able to be better, do better and live better and to put you back into your life. And thanks for choosing you today by choosing to listen to this podcast. So that's what I got for you today. I hope you listen to some more of my podcasts. In the meantime, if you start if you start tweaking between now and Tuesday, you can always go back and listen to, to other episodes. You know, it can happen. Um, but until next time, please have a better day. Find me on social media at Dr. Erica, D-O-C-T-O-R-E-R-I-C-K-A on all social media and online at betterthepodcast.com. That's betterthepodcast.com. If you like what you heard, tap on that subscribe or follow button, then click share and click rate and review. Now don't panic if you don't see rate and review. Sometimes it mainly shows up on Apple Podcasts and Audible. But I appreciate hearing your feedback. Check back weekly for new episodes. They drop on Tuesday mornings. Until next time, be better, do better, live better. Better with Dr. Erica. If you enjoy podcasts like this, you should check out our other shows on Health Podcast Network. For example, Nurse Wellness Podcast, hosted by Wendy Garvin Mayo, focuses on the power of stress management and how it's foundational to being your best, doing your best, and giving your best. There's a wonderful episode that you should check out called Letting Go, where Wendy Garvin Mayo shares six strategies to release control and manage stress effectively. Check out Nurse Wellness Podcast on your favorite podcast platform or visit healthpodcastnetwork.com.